Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. want to welcome you to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we're going to turn our attentions to Sarah Harkness. Now, Sarah lives in Australia. She's currently in LA. Thought it probably would help with the timing of her organizing a podcast. So this is this is Sarah's thinking. So she's clearly somebody who thinks ahead. But Sarah is a mom, a woman, and a wife. She's the co-founder and CEO of Cattle Dog Digital and a massive disability advocate. So there's lots for us to unpack and, and share uh, and hear from Sarah today. But Sarah, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Mark. I'm well. And how are you adjusting, obviously, residing in Australia over in LA on, on business? And uh, that must be some uh, head screw and, and some serious jet lag there. Yes, I I were been remiss to say I have it any idea what day it is but <laughs> looking forward to the chat yeah it should be good you know I, I think that the great thing about the world we live in now and all the technologies the fact that we can move about this planet a lot a lot more readily than ever before how important has that been for you in, in terms of the success of your business and just you to ex- express yourself and, and kind of learn about the world that we live in well look I think everyone suffered through the pandemic and we were already fairly digitally connected, but I think that forced the whole world to really find new ways to connect through different mediums and uh, groups and communities. Our, our, the acceleration of community via digital means happen at speed, at light speed, if you will, um, during the pandemic. So not only for our business who where we were lucky enough to make it through and uh certainly I know a, a you know a number of people really did it tough so we used the digital space and and really different ways of connecting to find ways for our team to actually accelerate their growth um both on a personal level but and particularly for myself it was the way that I was able to get through the pandemic and a whole range of things that were going on for me at the time. Um, so it also meant that I could connect with my family because for much of the pandemic, I spent uh, in the other side of a ICU bed or in hospital. So, Oh, wow. Did it, gr- mm. did it really affect you then, Sarah, COVID? Not COVID so much, but I just as COVID hit, I was actually in hospital for uh, some tests uh, to uncover a neurological condition and I literally um, was in the hospital in Sydney when they started bringing in PPE there were people just starting walking down the halls in full gear and um, they kind of walked into my hospital room and said well look we're going to really need the bed so what do you want to do it was like do I stay or do I go so I ended up going but I ended up back in hospital and unfortunately became the only way I could connect with my family was through the internet and digital means. So it's incredibly important to me. Yeah. I mean, it, 
it obviously has affected and still affects people in so many ways. Like I don't think anybody on planet earth was not affected by COVID in, in some way or another, you know, and there's, there's always that test of time where we find out a lot about ourselves. Um, and I, I guess between our own narrative and how we frame things, as well as how some things land, because for some people, I think COVID really saved people. And for others, it really hindered them, you know, and, um, I can understand from your point of view how you were thankful for technology being able to stay connected like during that that difficulty and obviously you know when we get to to jump on a podcast like this this is definitely the benefit of you know technology um which is great Totally I wanted to ask you because obviously when I whenever I've got um a guest that that I'm going to have the opportunity and the pleasure of speaking with and kind of find out a little bit about their journey and their story. There's always a few things that kind of make me curious. I, I've always been curious uh, and fascinated by human behavior, but obviously you're the CEO and founder of Cattle Dog Digital. What is like your obsession or affiliation with dogs? Well, we love dogs and uh, the cattle dog in particular has a number of breed qualities. It, it actually, if you go back um, and do the research in Australia, cattle dogs were bred from a multitude of dogs. So the blue healer, um, but also dingo. So there's this pedigree component to each each part of, of the cattle dog. They're also incredibly unique and diverse. Um, there's red dogs, there's blue dogs. And so for us, um, we really embody I think um, in Australia we've got this new uh, character called Bluey and he's a cattle dog and Bluey and Bandit, they're mum and dad and they've got two kids and we really embody that same cattle dog um, pedigree but also the the kind of cheeky, a little bit curious, a lot curious actually, um, and the dog spirit, so that loyal companion. So for years we love a good dog pun um, you know, we use Pawsome and all the different dog puns that it, 10 points for anyone that can come up with new ones after the last 10 years, we've been rolling with lots of dog puns for a while. So. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure there's loads of dads listening to that, ready to crack out a few, uh, yes. bad dog jokes for sure. I'm, <laughs> I have no doubt. So make sure that you send them to Sarah, uh, after you've listened yes. to this. <laughs> I, uh, I will definitely take them. Now, one word that came out there was this word diversity, and I know you're a disability advocate, but why why does diversity resonate with you? Diversity and equality, I would throw that the E word in there, but equality, not just from a gender perspective, um, diversity of thought and diversity of perspectives is what makes up this incredible reality and universe that we live in. So I feel... Like if you're not open to that in any way, you're just conditioned your mind to be cut off from certain aspects of the world. So our whole team is incredibly diverse. Um, I'm incredibly passionate about in particular um, bringing lots of women to the boardroom. That's my moonshot and MPT. But that aside, diversity for us and certainly for Cattle Dog um, has been part of our DNA from, from the beginning. Uh, when we first started, one of the very first things that we did was establish um, a set of 10 protocols in our business that enabled everyone to thrive. And that included, you know, failing, failing, 
um, fast and learning and allowing that. That's actually one of our protocols, um, but also equality and diversity and um, really ensuring that we create safe places for people to do their best work. And that's how you get the best out of people. Um, you know, I'm really, really proud of our team. We've been through so much, um, not just obviously I've had health issues, but we've just been through a pandemic. We've, you know, we've got global recessions. There's just, the world doesn't seem to stop throwing suffering at you. But I think we, what we've created in being able to have a culture that is centered on diversity and our values means that we've created resilience in our team and they can go forward and, and prosper and thrive. Mm. Interesting that you say, you know, like suffering is thrown at us. Now you've had over 26 surgeries and and battled uh, through those a lot in the, in the last four years, like through some really tough uh, health challenges, but you know, what's kept you, fighting Sarah what's made you keep showing up it's a really good question and it it depends um there's just something in me that refuses to quit and I don't necessarily know how to give it a name or whether it's innate or learned but I think it's learned because for me on multiple occasions where I've not just faced challenges but actually had to fight genuinely for my life, I have chosen consciously to do so. And I think that everybody in some way, no matter what they're facing, has the same opportunity and you all get a choice and it's up to you what you want to do with it. And I guess for me... It's not just because I have three kids and a business and, you know, it's it's the fact that I can I can get myself up in the morning and see the sunrise and I can talk to you or I can come to LA and meet all of these incredible people that I'm meeting this week for the A360 conference. Like it's just this incredible opportunities that come from having a mindset that is of abundance and the world and I'm I think through the adversity that I faced I actually found that um, it's not something I had before um, it's something that I stumbled across when I was humbled by my health mm. and when you say like it's a conscious choice uh, mm. have you always chosen this path or have there been moments where you actually did want to give up Look, if I'm honest, I think there are always moments where that's an option, but it's not, it's just not ever been an option <laughs> because I just refuse. I, even if I wanted to, I don't think I would allow me. It's just this, there's a fight in me so big that I, I would walk through fire to still get the opportunity to, to be able to be here and participate in the world that we live in. And and I think that particularly, again, you know, not to harp on about the pandemic, but everybody faced a lot of themselves, I think, by having to be so insulated and, and not have that community. You know, we're social animals. We need other people. And by not having access to, 
you know, a village or a community around you um, during a pandemic. And like I said, I was in hospital beds. People weren't allowed to come and visit. I had, you know, I missed funerals, birthdays, Mother's Days, like Christmases, you know. I spent almost a year away from my family in total and and I still choose life because I'm not my suffering and I am certainly not what happened to me. No way. It's just something that happened. And, uh, you know, in my case, it happened a little bit or a lot. <laughs> Some teaching mm. in there, I'm sure. Um, but what has come out of it is the opportunities that you fight for. When you're fighting for your life, well, you don't waste any time after that. And I don't think it should take for us to reach that point in our lives. And it's not something I brought upon myself. I have a, I have a diagnosed condition, but it's it's just something that everyone can choose if they're aware of it and, and open to it. You can actually, before you even something bad happens in your life and you have so much suffering, you can maybe have that mindset and and avoid some suffering. Mm. I love what I love that you said. I am not my suffering. I think Mm-mm. I think it's so easy when when we've been a victim, when we've been mistreated, or things have landed, you know, on our laps that aren't our doing or, or even welcome. But that's life. That's the life we live. But I, I love the fact that you're you're saying that my circumstances and situation are, are fundamentally not you know, who I am. And I, I really think that that's powerful. You're talking about mindset. Um, mm. When I think of mindset, it is, it is it's when you set your mind on something. Like you said that you've constantly chosen to not quit. So you already are making a choice. You're setting your sail. I think it's Jim Rohn. He says, the wind blows on us all, but it's the setting of the sail, which always jacks me up. Because I just think, when you think of your mindset, I just think if you set your position, that says, regardless of what comes out of those doors uh, and faces me in life, that I will not quit, I will not relent, I will keep moving forward. You, you're setting your sail ready for that wind to blow on, and actually, then you can actually use that to go to where you want to go. Um, tell me why you believe that mindset creates, you know, your reality. Because I have proof. <laughs> Six, twelve months ago, I was. I call it just a mum, but you're never just a mum. You're never just anything, right? You are who you are. You're a mirror of everyone else. Um, At the core, um, 12 months ago, I I, I probably did suffer twice. And I'm going to say that again. Um, Suffering twice is when you actively stay in the position that you are because you're not setting that sail, because you're not deciding that I'm going to use this suffering for something. And I think that the transformation of adversity into opportunity, that transformation of thinking is what ultimately creates that mindset. And then once you realise that, you can actually consciously choose differently I'm not going to suffer twice. Okay, whatever happens to me. Okay, they're going to take your bow. That's fine. You you can live without one. Oh, you need another brain surgery. Okay, fine. So be it. And you make a joke with the doctors and they don't understand why you're 
so upbeat when you when you've been suffering so much and honestly I've, I've had doctors say to me Sharky you you need to stop self-advocating because we need to be able to support you but the reality is I'm like no I'm actually okay I'm like I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay and no matter what happens I'll be okay you know everything's temporary even this moment right now we're just here right now you and I vibing having a chat um half an hour we'll be doing something different but right now all we actually have is this right now mm. always mm. I don't know about you but I mean I'm loving this conversation already like I feel jacked up the thing is the thing <laughs> is Sarah and you just said sharky so I will ask you about that in a sec but um you know when when you have that that frame of mind life must be pretty darn exciting you must feel bulletproof I don't. I definitely don't. Um, bulletproof is a dangerous, a dangerous way of operating with the mindset. So I think that first of all, get the mindset. Second of all, add humility to the mindset. Because if you go into the world thinking you're bulletproof, even if you have an abundance mindset, the universe will I've I've kind of worked out the algorithm, but she will just come right back and humble you again. And that pattern will repeat and repeat and repeat until you get it. And so having that uh, layer of humility, I, I don't think that, I honestly, I don't feel like I'm anything special. I just feel like I have this understanding about the world from experiencing such deep, deep challenge and pain and that's no comparison to other people's challenge and pain and I think some people don't know what to say to me often quite often actually um because they're like oh well I, I've never been through such such a hard time and I'm like well actually you have and you're doing it all day every day because you're staying in it so what is your challenge and what is your adversity and what are you doing about it like I think that there's just an element of humility and accountability that if you add that, then you're bulletproof because I'm not afraid to die. Actually, that makes it quite powerful and I'm just having a great time. <laughs> I'm really having a great time. Like I said, I'm out here. I'm at the A360 conference. Will I Am was here last night. We're just, you know, we're, I'm having a great time in the world. I'm having a great time. That's lovely. It's amazing to hear uh, as well. I just love, love how you shared you know your thoughts on on humility it reminds me of proverb that says always proud before a fall you know i think that mm -hmm. it's good to have that uh alongside this this mindset this unwavering uh, and you're right i think we often do get humbled if we are too uh pompous in our in our outlook so that's a good it's a good reflection uh there so sharky where does that come from uh this name that you that you obviously resonate with and uh, have lived with for uh, quite some years. 20 years now has been my nickname. Um, I have to say it came from two places, my boss and my husband. So my boss at Salesforce, Tom Longhurst, he was my very first boss in the sales development team in 2008 because, of course, I had to start my whole career in tech during adversity, <laughs> during a GFC. Um <laughs> 
but Tom Longhair, so my Salesforce alias was Shark. And so Sharky, Shark, Sharky, stuck. And um, frankly, if anyone calls me Sarah, I'm like, oh, am I in trouble? What have I done? <laughs> so Sharky, is, it is. Very good then, Sharky is. <laughs> um, why do you believe like vulnerability is an asset and adversity our greatest gift? I know you've talked about adversity throughout like this whole conversation we're having, but what is it about vulnerability that you see, see as an asset? Um, why, why do you feel like that? I think vulnerability is such a critical part of connection to others. And, and it's an interesting thing. Vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean you have to be totally nude and naked and, and exposed. I think so many people in the world have trauma and conditioning that makes vulnerability so hard. In fact, the majority of the world don't operate from a place of true vulnerability. And I think it's because it is, it, it takes, it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of um, skill to know yourself that well, to know that vulnerability is the means to connection. So by me coming and just being totally sharky, authentic, as authentic as you can get, um, you know, feel th- you can ask me anything, right? And I'm okay with that. I'll tell you whatever my truth is at the time. Um, sometimes it'll be different. Who knows? Like it's just who you are from the core and what you see is what you get. There's nothing behind this. This is it. And I guess that vulnerability means that you can stand in your truth and stand in who you are and that's the thing that makes an impact in the world. And for me, that's, you know, uh, gender equality and bringing more women to boards and the boardroom tables so that we can transform slightly the narrative and make it a safe place for our daughters and sons to go to work. Um, But that aside, um, vulnerability, I think, is our ticket to connection with others. So if I'm vulnerable, it makes it okay for you to be vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable and you are vulnerable with me, I can be of service to you. And then all of a sudden we have connection and that's a neuron data point and and I guess a, a an invisible spark or a connection or a line to you and I that we share in that moment. Mm. Yeah, definitely vibe with that. I I think that vulnerability, like you said, does take bravery, but I do think it is about connection. And I do believe that uh, vulnerability builds trust because I think mm. there's a lot of insincere and disingenuine people you know, and the only way to actually be able to reveal those is actually by, you know, you being authentically vulnerably you. And and when we are ourselves, we then attract other people who are also their selves. But when we pretend to be something we're not, we also uh, encourage and welcome those that are also not who they say they are, right? Yes. And I think vulnerability can be mistaken with uh, weakness, Mm. and it is not at all. In Mm. fact, vulnerability is the ultimate superpower. It is the ability to come as you are, 
bring that to the world unashamedly and no matter what anyone throws at you because you you can you can then continuously choose to keep showing up as vulnerable mm. if you don't do i think you that's where trauma can happen um because if you come vulnerable and you know sometimes that i think vulnerability is only dangerous if you're if like you said you've got that piece that's maybe not 100% authentic or, or doesn't 100% know who you are and that's okay um but then i'd be very careful of wolf wolves in sheep's clothing mm. and they're everywhere nice. they're everywhere be- but they hurt people hurt people so it's knowing and recognizing that and i think the more you practice vulnerability the more you can recognize that a mile away you know whenever i hear hurt people hurt people i can't remember where i heard it but i loved it it was healed people heal people mm-hmm. you know because we always we always hear hurt people hurt people don't we and and there's lots of truth in it but also i think that's another reasons why we have to keep working on self is because when we heal ourselves we then put ourselves in a position you know when we can help be the healing of of somebody else's journey right which i know that you're all for mm-hmm. exactly i mean frankly that's the most exciting part of coming through adversity um, is what you get out the other side. And I got goosebumps just saying that because i that's the stuff that lights me up. I know that whatever's served to me that's tough or a challenge or, um, you know, adver- I mean, adversity generally or suffering, I'd say they're not dissimilar. Suffering, uh, adversity is suffering, but... um. Suffering could be, oh, I stubbed my toe on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it could it could just be something you're facing at the time. But it's it's still an opportunity in how you manage your mindset and what you do with it. Mm. You have a mission to bring a 1,000 women into the boardroom by 2030. Sharky, why? Oh, it's ambitious, isn't it? Of course, I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> Oh, look, first of all, I have a daughter and about two months ago she went to school, so I also have two sons, um, but she's the oldest, and she went to school and she came home and um, I put it up on my Instagram and LinkedIn, but she painted this picture of who she was. It was her in her school uniform and on the left it said, I am amazing, and on the right it said, I am brave. and I am Gracie, which is her name. Mm. And that lightness, that sense of belonging, that sense of self is what all children are born with. All children come into the world like that. And society and we create conditioning around that or experiences come and particularly in in women's careers, um, adversity often faces us in different ways to men. Um Certainly in my career, I grew up in tech and it was I was often the only woman in the room. I was a blonde, young woman in the room. And um, in many ways, I felt like um, I felt like I was being fed to the wolves every day. And I feel like if there's more women participating at the levels of decision making and policy making and 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 really in the boardroom as a voice and having a voice 
then that changes the narrative that we paint to our young women and our young men about how uh, the world works. I mean, if you actually look at the family unit or how um, how the world actually exists, you know, the, for the most part, that conditioning doesn't exist when you're one-to-one -one with a person. Gender doesn't exist. Um, your background, your where you've come from, your, the colour of your skin, none of that exists because you're just two people. And I think women in particular um, need to bring their voices to the boardroom now more than ever uh, because at least one in three women will still be sexually harassed at work or, uh, you know, the odds are against us <laughs> as far as opportunity. And, and it's not because of men. In fact, I have so many incredible men, um, my co-founders, Naz and Luke, um, huge advocates, right? Like I have so many incredible men in my life that, that are supporting me. It's not, it's not a, a gender issue here. This is a people issue and a people dysfunction. And I feel like the more women we bring into that voice, then we can hopefully unravel that dysfunction because the stakes will be slightly more equal. Mm. Last question then for you, um, <laughs> okay. Sarah, is I, I would love to know, do, do you feel like the problem with the world or society right now is to do with identity? Now, mm. try and tread carefully in, in some ways because we now live in a world where we have to be really PC um, and I'm all about inclusion. Correct. Yes. And everybody should be treated kindly regardless of what they look like and what they identify as and, and with. Absolutely. So, that I'm on board, but almost because there's so much scope now um, and so much curiosity in the world, especially with children, it's like, do you feel like we've become too liberal in our expression and in our mm. wondering that actually it's become less helpful, uh, not knowing who we really are uh, and not knowing what our really value is? Because I, I do believe that men and women are, are, are built differently and we have beautiful differences. For me, it isn't about one being better than the other because equality, I 100% agree with. But I do think that there are things that women are, are better at than men. And I do think there's, and I'm talking generally, that there's some things that men are better at than women. And, and why do we try and prove the other one wrong? Why don't we just embrace that? And, and let me caveat this conversation equally with... Um, I, I, I'm fighting for gender equality because this because there isn't a level playing field and and because the pathway to um, success for women in terms of CEO position boards positions um, is significantly more challenging. The statistics do not lie. The data doesn't lie. Australian Human Rights Commission, the World Health Organization, um, women and children in particular are still minority and vulnerable um, in the world. That's just a fact. So that, but that aside, I agree with you in the sense that the world has become a really challenging place for us to navigate because we've complicated and labeled everything to the nth degree and I think that 
the world should be an entirely inclusive place and an entirely equal place because people should be meeting people on people level, but we don't do that. So we have to find a language to put around it. So in terms of liberal versus, you know, how, how that's, you know, got, the wokeness, the all of the, all of these articles coming out about have we gone too far? Uh, I don't think anything you're fighting for that you're passionate about that you've had to fight for because you've experienced um, something horrendous because somebody else has taken something from you or not giving you an opportunity or not seen you as you is, is anything you shouldn't fight for. In fact, you should. But to equalise the playing field and make it easier for society to perhaps maybe operate slightly less dysfunctionally, um, probably the easy answer to your question is if we go back to the very beginning of this conversation, the one thing that that's missing from all of that is that uh, labels are, don't mean anything anyway. At the end of the day, you're, you are who you are. And that's all that actually matters. And be that and celebrate that and find your people because there will be somebody for you. There will be a community for you. The world is an incredibly large place. And I think if you can lean into that, then it doesn't matter what that label is. Go find the community that celebrates you and go vibe with them and everyone else. You know, of course they matter because they're people, but don't let anything they say have anything to do with you or who you are. Mm. Love that, Sarah. That's my answer. That's, that's beautiful. Well done. Um, how do people find out more about you, Sarah, uh, and how do they how do they connect? Oh, I'd probably give you the the usual spiel. I'm Mama Sharky um, on or Mama underscore Sharky on Instagram, but I'm uh, on LinkedIn as well. So Sharky, Sarah Harkness, come and find me, uh, connect. I have all the time in the world for you. My my door is open, and if I can do anything to help you, I will. Sarah, it's been really, really beautiful. I've loved this conversation. You got great energy. I love your mind. I'm excited to see uh, your journey continue to unfold as you move that new needle forward and get those 1000 women into the boardroom I'm on a mission working on it that's why i'm here thanks <laughs> anyone Sarah. wants to help come and talk to me <laughs> cheers sharky thanks mark thank you for joining this episode with me mark sefton i hope you've really enjoyed it feel free to leave us a positive review on itunes and i look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.